Welcome to season two of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. I'm Gina and I'm so excited to have you guys join me every week to hear about the freedom stories that God has created through the lives of these individuals. You will find something in each of these stories to glean from to help you in your walk with God or to even begin your walk with God. So let's go. Let's do this. Take a listen and share with your people. Hey guys, before we get started on this podcast episode, I wanted to let you know that we now have a sponsor. Yes, Krista Crookston from One Blessed Mama Designs, who also was on episode three of this podcast. She has agreed to partner. You guys, I am so excited because Krista has been such a great support to not only this ministry, but also to me as a woman and as a friend. I just love her so much. And what she does is she creates such beautiful items for people, including bracelets and earrings. And she also does personalized invitations and personalized cards, which are so beautiful. I have actually had her create some things for me recently, and I have gotten raving reviews on those items. She is so great. So head over to my website, www.anchoredbythesword.org, click under the shop link, and you'll see the button for her, One Blessed Mama Designs. Also, head over and follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Let's give her some likes, give her some love, and let her know how much we appreciate her, because I'm so excited to start this partnership with her. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another week of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Becky Keefe. She is the community manager for Encourage Ministries and Dayspring, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her, to hear her story, and also to hear about a new book that she has coming out. So Becky, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. It's really fun to be here with you. Awesome. Now, can you tell my listeners a little more about yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I call Southern California home. I've been married to my husband, Chris, for 16 years, and we have three spirited boys, <laughs> as I like to say. And yeah, I love serving the community of Encourage. Um, I'm an author and a, and a speaker, and I am a big proponent of Sunday naps. I <laughs> will be taking a Sunday nap for the rest of my life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That would be nice. <laughs> so how did you get into the Encourage community? Well, Encourage was started 12 years ago by Holly Girth and Stephanie Bryant, who at the time were working for Dayspring. And if anyone's not familiar with Dayspring, um, it started as a green card company, and now it's really evolved into a Christian resource company. Um, it's it's owned by Hallmark, but it's the, the Christian product subsidiary of Hallmark. And anyhow, Encourage started as just a home for the hearts of women, a place to be encouraged in the Lord with our real, honest, messy stories. And I was a reader from the beginning. Um, I found it through Lisa Leonard's blog back in the days when we were, lots of us were really blogging. And um, I just fell in love with the diversity of of, of voices and hearing from women in different, you know, ages and life stages. And 
then about five years ago, God just opened a door for me to come on staff um, as an editor. Uh, that's my professional background. And then that role uh, moved into being the community manager. So I get to work with our uh, team of 30 writers and help create things like Bible studies and devotionals um, to really help women live their faith. And I love it. That's awesome. So let's talk about your freedom story. Yeah. So as I was thinking about areas of my life that God has done a freedom work and areas of my life where I have lived in bondage, I thought about uh, the bondage to my own performance. Mm -hmm. So I am definitely wired as a, I call it the, the, the triple P people pleasing perfectionism and performance issues. (laughs) And, um, for a long time, I lived as though my value and worth was a direct reflection of my performance. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was always a high achiever in school and, um, and pretty much I had this belief that if I just, you know, tried hard enough, you know, just was good enough, then I would be able to get the results that I wanted And for a while, that's kind of how my life went. Not that there weren't bumps in the road, but I just was like, just, you know, just strive and climb a ladder and and try harder. But while it may have looked kind of shiny from the outside, as far as like accolades and things like that, on the inside, I felt a deep weight because I was so afraid of disappointing others. Mm -hmm. I was even afraid of disappointing myself. Anyhow, things kind of unraveled for me when I became a mom, because when I became a mom, uh, God saw fit to give me three boys in three and a half years, Wow! uh, which rocked my world. And I know that you're familiar with my first book, No Better Mom for the Job, where I really share and dive into that story. Um, But I, I came to a place where what was required and what was needed was so much more than I had to give. And I just was faced with my own inadequacy. I could no longer find my value in, in achieving and accomplishing things because like, it was kind of like the same day on repeat over and over, just keeping little people alive, which I loved, but, um, I just felt very lost and broken. And I remember in that season, a friend telling me, Becky, remember the story of the five loaves and two fish. Remember how Jesus took what was not enough and turned it into more than enough. Mm. And at first I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm familiar with this Bible story. Like I was raised on flannel Sunday school, flannel graphs. Like I've seen it played out. Um, What does this have to do with the fact that like I am drowning in my life and that what I have to give is not enough for what is needed. What, what about the fact that like, I can't achieve or perform my way out and what the Lord really did through that friend and through examining scripture, um, more closely was to realize that our lack, my lack was an opportunity to experience God's power. That is so good. Our lack, your lack today is an, is an opportunity to experience God's power And I love the example that Jesus gave because when, you know, there's this crowd of, you know, 5,000 men, which is really probably a crowd of more like 10,000 with women and children, and they're in this remote place and it's getting late and there's not enough food and all that's, you know, provided all that's available is these measly 
five loaves of bread and two fish. And when Jesus says, bring them here to me, the very first thing he does, he gave thanks. Mm -hmm. Before the crisis was averted, before the miracle of multiplication was performed, he gave thanks for what he already had. And that really became a model for how I wanted to live my life, for how I felt God was inviting me to live my life. Instead of always feeling like I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough patience for my kids or wisdom or X, Y, Z, give thanks for what I already have mm -hmm. and let God, not Becky, let God transform my lack into total satisfaction. Cause that's what we see in that story, right? Like mm -hmm. from like, not enough got, got Jesus didn't just like make, you know, just a bite for each person after the disciples passed out the food, they collected the leftover pieces and there were 12 basket full of leftovers. This, this picture of abundance, like in our lack, God can meet us there. And so really I have just experienced so much freedom in that. Um, I'm still wired <laughs> as an achiever. I still have to kind of keep that part of my, my pride, my motivation in check. There's also lots of good things. You know, God is like, I wired you for purpose on purpose. Like it's not, uh, there are strengths about that, but it's definitely still a process. I'm, I'm continuing to learn and grow, but I'm just so thankful. Anytime I'm like, I don't, I don't see the way forward. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. I don't know how I'm going to meet a need to realize it's really not about me. I don't want it to be about me, that there's freedom in saying, okay, God, here's my lack. Thank you for what you've already provided. I offer it up and back to you. Let me see what you're going to do. That is so good. And I know someone needs to hear that today, especially in the times that we live in, where yeah. with online, everybody expects so much from you and just has a different idea of what things should be like. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So. Absolutely through his word, mm -hmm. you know, by, I love, there's so many stories in the Bible where we see this picture of, of lack to mm -hmm. impact. You know, I love the story of, of the widow and mm -hmm. the prophet Elijah comes to her and is like, can basically, can you provide me a meal? And she's like, look, I am about to make my last meal. My son and I are going to starve to death and die. I have just a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. And yet God used exactly what she had to not only sustain her and, and her son and her family, but to be part of God's greater story. Mm -hmm. um, and so I see this theme over and over again, you know, people who feel insufficient, you know, Moses is like, I can't be the leader. Like I'm, I'm not an eloquent speaker and God says, okay, well, I'm going to provide you Aaron and her, I'm going to provide people to come and support you. And so, you know, God continues to speak to me to say one, Becky, you don't have to do it all on your own. We were not made to do life in silos and isolation. Like I'm going to help carry your, your burden, your load. And also I'm going to ask you to partner with others. Um, and that too has given my life a lot of, a lot of joy, a lot of meaning. And again, take that, take that weight off of your shoulders and place it squarely back in God's hand. Cause it, you know, it says God's before all things and in him, all things hold together. Um, that is who Jesus is. And so I don't have to hold it all together. You friends today don't have to hold it all together. And that is such a relief. 
Amen. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, and I don't want to try to hold it all together. <laughs> what verse is something that has been consistent through your life? It was many years ago. I can't remember exactly when, but um, I felt kind of this uh, calling to choose a, a life verse. And I chose Psalm one nine, which says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Oh, that's good. It's that call again to give thanks in any and every circumstance, you know, no matter what I'm feeling, um, when I'm anxious, when I'm depressed, when I'm tired, when I'm scared, when, um, things seem out of control, I will give thanks to the Lord. And when things are good, when there are things to celebrate, like I want to point to the goodness and kindness of God in my life. And so, um, that has kind of been a, a drum that has, you know, kind of beat continually is I'll give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. That's the kind of life I want to live. I think there's a lot of freedom, um, in doing that. And then I will tell of all your wonders, um, as a, as a writer and a speaker, I want to give voice to who God is, how I see his fingerprints in my life, because mm -hmm. my, my hope and prayer is that that will help others see God's fingerprints in their lives because he is alive. He is active. He's intimately involved, um, in whatever you're facing today. That is good. He absolutely is. That's a great transition into your new book. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, Becky has a book coming out in a couple of weeks. It is called the simple difference. How every small kindness makes a big impact. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this. So one of the things you write about is about how God can use exactly what we have to bless someone else, even if it feels painfully not enough. I know you kind of talked about this already with the story of the five, five loaves and two fishes. How has this personally affected you? How have you experienced this? Yeah, in so many ways. I, re I remember being um, in that season of having three littles. It was actually after my second son was born. And feeling very uh, acutely, like, I don't, I don't have anything to give. Like I'm barely hanging on. I'm like living in the land of like, you know, baby wipes and spit up. And like, <laughs> I, you know, my eye circles were so dark that no amount of concealer <laughs> could fix the situation. And, and also like, I'm so grateful for, for the ministry of motherhood. I'm so grateful that this is my life. And yet I kind of felt a lack of purpose and, um, Anyhow, it was so interesting the way that God reminded me in that season of like, Becky, I've got you right where you are and I'm going to use what you have in ways that you don't even expect. So, you know, friends, this is a little, it's a little personal, but I, th I think I can trust you with this, with this story. But, um, <laughs> I, I was, I was breastfeeding my son and I was also pumping, um, with the hope of like, that this baby would take a bottle so I could like get a break. That's what happened with my first <laughs> son. Um, but my second son would not take a bottle for the life of him. And so I ended up having this like freezer full of breast milk and I was still like holding on to hope. And anyhow, one day I was on a walk with a friend and her daughter, um, was born just a couple of weeks after my son and we're walking and huffing, pushing these, you know, strollers with our babies. And, and she was telling me that she was, um, you know, having such a hard time feeding her daughter, like breastfeeding wasn't going well. She couldn't find the right formula. The baby was just gassy and upset all the time. And, and my friend was just like really distressed. And 
I had this flash in my, in my mind of my freezer full of breast milk. And my number one reaction was like, that is way too awkward. Like <laughs> that is way too awkward. God, like I'm not going to offer someone else my breast milk. Like that's just way too awkward. Um, plus I was like, what if I offend her selfishly? I was like, what if I end up needing it or wanting it? But as I was like, you know, pushing this, the Holy spirit just impressed upon me. Like everything you have, I have given you, mm-hmm. you can trust me. You can be generous. Um, you don't have to worry about the outcome, just be obedient. Mm-hmm. And so in a very kind of awkward way, I was like, um, I don't, I don't know if you'd be interested, uh, please feel no pressure, but I have not had a hard time producing milk and I have an abundance. And if you want it, it's yours. And tears filled my friend's eyes. And she was like, really? And I was like, Absolutely. And she came over that evening with an ice chest and we loaded what we affectionately called liquid gold (laughs) into (laughs) her freezer bag. And I think we both just kind of stood in awe of how God can take our not enough and remind us that we are seen. She felt seen in knowing that she just desperately wanted to do what was best for her daughter. Mm -hmm. I felt seen and knowing that in a season of my life where I felt like I have, I have nothing to give anyone outside of my four walls. And God was like, yeah, you do because I've provided it. That is such a great story. How can readers stop getting buried in their busyness and discover opportunities for impact in our daily lives? So the simple difference is all about, yeah, small acts of kindness, Um, making a big impact. But like your question kind of nods to, I think sometimes we are the barriers to living with intentional kindness is, um, is our business. It's our distraction. Mm -hmm. And so um, something that has helped me immensely is this phrase that my husband actually says Um, he is a college volleyball coach. Mm -hmm. And so he will tell his athletes be where your feet are. Oh, that's good. Be where your feet are. And what that means in, in, in his context of coaching is sometimes he'll have an athlete who, you know, is on, is on the floor, on the court and they're playing, but he can tell she is mentally not engaged. Like, like her body is there, but she's probably thinking about, you know, um, her boyfriend or the exam she has to study for, or, you know, her part-time job or whatever. And so he'll be like, be where your feet are. So it means like be fully present, be fully engaged. And so I think that that is a huge key to living out the simple difference as we go on our way to the grocery store, you know, to school pickup, you know, when you're on your lunch break, when you are standing at the copy machine, I am so guilty of this. I can be in my own head so Mm -hmm. much, you know, I'm thinking about a project. I'm thinking about my to-do list. I'm thinking about, Oh Lord, what should I make for dinner? Like (laughs) I'm thinking about all these things and we miss the people in front of us. Mm-hmm. We miss that opportunity to open a door or to give a compliment or to see the look on someone's face that, wow, that friend, that coworker, even that stranger, like she's not okay. Like maybe God wants to use me to ask like, how are you really? And stop to listen. So I think this idea of being fully present right now, as you go on your way today, be where your feet are and see what God is going to do, um, through just your availableness. Mm -hmm. That is good. Now, can we roll that into the whole, uh, 
definition according to um, biblical context of loving thy neighbor? Because I know yeah. that's a big thing that people want to take out of context now and, you know, apply to whatever. But can we talk about that? Yeah. Well, the whole premise of the simple difference you know, it's not, it's not just be kind because that's going to make you a good person. Like that's, that's not what this is about. It is be kind because God has been so abundantly kind to us, right? Mm -hmm. It's who he is, you know, in, in Exodus, when he meets Moses on Mount Sinai and reveals his name for the first time, he says, Yahweh, Yahweh, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And of course, you know, Jesus's ultimate act of, of loving kindness is, is a sacrificial love that he gave up his whole life for us. And so kindness is really linked to, to loving our neighbor. And Jesus says, you know, as I have loved you, so you will love one another. And so when I think about, um, you know, what does it biblically mean to love to love your neighbor, to love your neighbor as yourself. I think the core of it is knowing that myself, if I think about how do I love myself? Well, I'm a child of God. The Bible reiterates that over and over again. Um, you know, I love it in the Psalms. It says, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God says, I created mankind in my image, in my image, I created them. So if we all have the image of God in us and I want other people to treat me as an image bearer, then therefore kindness and loving our neighbor starts with every person I meet, every person I see on the news, on social media, am I seeing them as an image bearer of God? And therefore, am I treating them with the love, the respect, the compassion, the dignity that God would bestow on them? Not because I agree with everything that they're saying or doing, but just that, like, let's strip it down to the very core of we are each made in the image of God. And so I love the parable of the good Samaritan mm -hmm. and Jesus, you know, unfolds this story of basically answering the question of who is my neighbor. And so he tells a story, you know, of, of a, a man who is beaten and robbed and left on the side of the road. And two men pass by and see him and they keep on going, a priest and a Levite, but a Samaritan who in the cultural context of the time in the original audience, presumably the person who was beat up on the road to Jericho was, uh, was a Jew. And so a Samaritan, a Jew would not have had interactions. They would not have uh, considered each other neighbors in any sense of the word. And yet it's the Samaritan that, that stopped. He was present. He was where his feet were and he responded in love the way he himself would want to be cared for. He bandaged the wounds. He put the injured man on a donkey. He embraced the awkwardness, the inconvenience of being a neighbor. And at the end of this parable, you know, Jesus asks like, who was a neighbor in the story? And uh, the person answers the one who showed compassion. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, yeah go and do likewise. So I think, what does it mean to be a neighbor? It means to show compassion. It means to not just let compassion be a feeling. Like I feel really bad for their situation. I think we can stay stuck there. Like the other two men who passed by in that parable, I can imagine they're probably like, oh, 
bad luck for that guy or, oh, that's so awful. He must be in pain. I feel so bad. But their compassion, if they had it, stayed as a feeling. But compassion, mm-hmm. it, you know, in the biblical sense, is a verb. It's meant to move us to action. That is really good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. What do you hope readers take away from the book? And also leaning into that, where can they get a hold of you? Well, I hope people who read The Simple Difference will take away the fact that right where you are with exactly what you have, God can use you to make an impact in this world. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you friends, but sometimes I can feel dwarfed by the world's problems. Things seem so messy, so out of control, so layered and complex. I'm like, how does one, you know, little person, you know, in a great big world make a difference. And so I'm not called to, you know, be a foreign missionary. God hasn't said, you know, I want you to work full-time in a human trafficking organization. Like I'm not called to be an advocate for lots of very important, worthy causes. And yet God does say, right now, Becky, love your neighbor and God cares about the one. And so if we can make an impact in one person's day, every day, imagine the ripple effect that that can have. Um, so I just want you to know that, that how you live your life today, the words you say, the prayers you pray, the small, sometimes barely noticeable acts of kindness, it makes a difference. And if we all joined this simple difference movement, I think the world really would look different and people would come to know Jesus because they're like, wow, something's different about her. And well, what motivated her to do that? Why does she have compassion? So that's my hope and my heart for you friends who are listening for readers for myself. Um, and the simple difference, it comes out October 5th. So it's available wherever books are sold and uh, if you pre-order it before October 5th, uh, we have some like seriously amazing pre-order <laughs> gifts for you. Um, so if you pre-order it, then you qualify to get, um, the audiobook of the simple difference for free. So if you're like, Becky, I don't have time to read another book. I'll read it to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me be the voice, you know, as you're commuting or doing the dishes or pushing the stroller. Like, uh, so you get the audiobook for free. You get the ebook of, uh, my first book, no better mom for the job for free. Um, as well as, uh, 40, uh, note cards from Dayspring. They're super cute. They say kindness counts. And that's, you know, 40 ways just to give an encouraging note to someone's day. And so you can find all of that information, um, at beckykeefe.com. It's also available at encourage.me. So just, you know, I'm sure Gina can put it in the show notes of that form to fill out, but would absolutely love for you to pre-order the book so you can take advantage of all those amazing gifts. Those are some awesome pre-order gifts. That is great. I think so too. I'm like, (laughs) I would, I would want that. I think it's it's pretty awesome. And her first book was so good. You guys, it was so good. Thank you. You definitely want to take advantage of those pre-order gifts. So Becky, thank you so much for coming on today. I will put all everything in the show notes about the pre-order gifts, where you can get those. I'll also put uh, links where you can find Becky on Instagram and Facebook. And again, thank you so much for coming today and talking with everyone. Oh, it was a joy to get to share my story. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, You are making a difference. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
and you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning into season two of this podcast. I am so grateful for each and every one of you for taking time out to listen to these freedom stories and to encourage the people that are coming on and let them know that you're excited to hear from them. I will be taking a week off as I prepare for season three, and I cannot wait for you guys to hear these episodes. The freedom stories continue. So I'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Anchored by the Sword podcast. I'm so blessed and grateful that you have taken your time to listen to this episode and to allow the freedom stories of the individual to be a part of your day. So let me know what you loved about the episode by heading over to the Instagram page at Anchored by the Sword podcast or over to the Facebook page for Anchored by the Sword and let's have a conversation. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this episode so that other people can find this podcast. So blessed to have you here. Have an amazing week. God bless.